Okay, folks, and welcome to another episode of Podcraft. This is the podcast about everything podcasting, from equipment to monetization and everything in between. As always, I'm Colin Gray, founder of The Podcast Host, and this time around we're doing an interview. So I've got a great podcaster on to uh, talk about their show, everything they're doing in podcasting right now. And this week around, it's Brett Mackay from Art of Manliness, so artofmanliness.com. Uh, I'm really excited to talk to Brett actually because I've uh, followed the Art of Manliness for a long time, got a lot of tips from the site and uh, Brett is about as experienced as they come when it comes to content creation. He started the site back in about 2008, uh, started the podcast not long after that, I think 2009 it was founded and so he's been doing both for close to a decade now uh, and grown Art of Manliness into one of the biggest destinations for men's lifestyle on the web. Um, so he's got the blog, he's got the podcast, he's also got a YouTube channel, he's got published books, great range of merchandise, everything uh, related to the art of manliness. So uh, just wanted to get him on, get as much knowledge as we can out of Brett around how he's running the show, about how he's running the blog alongside, and a few new projects as well that we want to talk about, including an app that's going to help podcasters along the way. So... Welcome, Brett. How you doing, Brett? Oh, hey, great. Thanks for having me, Colin. Yeah, no problem at all. Really glad you could come on and have a chat. Um, now, I wanted to take a quick uh, a quick left-field question just to start off with because uh, it's related to the experience I had in the last week. So anyone that follows uh, PodCraft and the podcast host will know from Instagram and other places that I was, uh, I was away camping last week. I've got a couple of young kids as well, and we were down in Wales for a week. It was our first attempt at camping. And I know, Brett, you're a, a huge outdoors fan, um, and also I have a couple of young kids too. Uh, have you have you taken them out into the outdoors uh, and tried uh, camping away for a few days at any point? Oh yeah, for sure. We we try to get out uh, once a year at least, and uh, it's fun. I mean, we we keep it pretty low key. It's car yeah. camping, so it's one of those things where you just pull your car up to a car oh, yeah. you know, yeah. camping spot, and that's it. Uh, but the goal is to eventually put a backpack on them and hike and camp someplace uh, pretty primitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The car, I know what you mean with the car camping. At least uh, you just pull the massive tent out the the car, and you can escape if you really need to. <laughs> Have right. you got any uh, any uh, tips, or learnings over the years you could pass on around how to uh, how to entertain a pair of kids in a tiny little tent when it's raining outside? Well, that's a tough one because I've never <laughs> experienced that before. Uh, bring well if your kids are old enough, bring Uno cards. Uh, uh, yeah, my kids love Uno. We could do that for, but if they're younger than that, man, I don't know. <laughs> if you had the experience, maybe you can impart that wisdom to me. Yeah, see, this is uh, this is something we have to know in Scotland. I'm afraid it's uh, maybe not so relevant to uh, Central uh, North America, where you maybe don't get as much rain. But yeah, we get we get a lot over here. So, <laughs> but it was good fun. It was good fun. I'm looking forward to them getting a bit older and uh, being able to appreciate it a wee bit more. So, yeah, definitely the start of something for the future. Uh, but anyway, let's get on to the podcast. So you started, I mean, you've been doing this show for, for years now. Like I said, 2009 you started it. Is that right? Yeah, I started in 2009, a year after. Um, but what's interesting, so I, I did that for a bit. And I, I was basically, I was I bought a USB mic and recorded directly into GarageBand. Mm-hmm. And I did the podcast because at, at around 2009, everyone was really big on podcasting. It's like, oh yeah, podcasting pod is the next big thing. Um the thing was, like, I wasn't really getting much feedback from it, uh, from my audience. I felt like I just, just people weren't interested in the podcast. So I did it for about a year. I think about 2010, I stopped doing it, or 2011, mm-hmm. around there. I actually stopped doing the podcast. It's like, oh, there's just no interest in it. And um, 
wasn't making any money off of it. Yeah, sure. And I was like sort of no ROI. So I stopped. And uh, so about 2012, didn't do the podcast, 2011. And then 2013, I started getting emails from people. It's like, what happened to your podcast? And I started getting more and more and more. And I'm like, what's going on here? Like, why is there this sudden interest in podcasts that didn't exist in 2009? And what had happened was uh, Serial, that podcast, yeah, sure. came out. And that got that made podcasting mainstream. Because I think before that time, podcasting was a little more for the tech advanced. Um, and also what happened is uh, smartphones started developing apps that made managing podcasts easier because before there really wasn't a lot of options you had itunes uh, but for android it was a lot of just downloading episodes individually and listening so it was really hard to manage uh podcast so yeah in 2013 i decided okay there's all this interest again uh i'll bring it back so i started doing it again once a week um and then eventually that turned to two times a week because there's such a, a demand for it and um I was able to monetize the podcast and I was able to start making money off of the interviews I did. And uh, here we are, uh, you know, two, four years later and uh, two times a week we're, you know, top 100, top 200 iTunes podcast. Uh, we have a subscriber count of about 140,000. So that's, you know, it's hard. Like, podcast statistics, you probably know it's, they're pretty hit or miss. Yeah. It's hard to get something very accurate. Um, but yeah, it, it, what's interesting is the the podcast has become. It used to be sort of like the the sideshow of the site. It was just something. The main main the main part of the site was the text content we were putting out. Podcast was something sort of I did on the side for fun. But now it's the podcast is becoming sort of like the main event. We have more people who are uh, coming to our site or who know the art of manliness just through the podcast, and they don't really visit the site all that much. Um, so that's been interesting to see that transition happening as people's um, taste and content have changed that's great to hear yeah that i mean it's it's uh because I, I often when we're talking to people to clients and everything it's around using the blog to support the podcast but it's great that you're getting it the other way around now um i mean i, I take it the the blog traffic is still growing as well though you the website too yeah yeah, the blog traffic is yeah, still yeah. growing. Uh, we get about 11 million page views a month. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and it's so it's still growing. So there's there's an audience that uh, just loves the blog. They don't yeah. listen to podcasts. I think there's going to be a group of people who will never get into podcasts. Yeah. For yeah. whatever reason, but there's some people who are just like, man, they just they love the podcast and the blog. And then there's some people who are they just love the yeah. podcast. That's yeah. what they that's what they do. Absolutely. What so what do you do to exactly? That's one of the biggest questions that we get when we try and tie all the content together is you've got people coming and finding you via the podcast first and then you've got people finding you via the blog first. Do you? How do you think about them tying together? Do they support each other or do you think of them as different products? How do you How do you tie the two? No, they're, they're sort of pretty much integrated. I think of them as one of the same. Um, so whenever we do publish a show uh, and it goes out to all the different streams, feeds, uh, we do publish uh, posts on the site with extensive show notes um, and just put the player in there. And, and so there, there's, there's so, someone who's reading the site, they'll see the podcast there. And we really push hard on subscriptions. You know, hey, if you love the podcast, it's really easier to follow it if you subscribe via one of these things. Uh, we also use the site. We have advertisements on the site for the podcast to you know, direct more people there. In our newsletter, we put out a daily newsletter of the content we've, we published um, 
the day before. We we put ads in about the podcast as well. And then on the podcast, um, you know, I, I end every podcast letting people know, uh, you know, check out the show notes at aom.is, whatever the ending is. Uh, so hopefully send some people there. Uh, we also, you know, tell people, hey, check out the art of manliness.com. Uh, if you want to find more manly tips and advice, that's sort of my, my sign out. And uh, so, yeah, we we do a lot of cross promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll admit, uh, one of the I, I get asked a lot about how do I get an audience for my podcast and developing an audience for a podcast, just a podcast is hard if you don't already have a, a platform online. I think one of the reasons why I've been able to develop such a f- big following on the podcast is I have a big following on the blog. Right. I already have a big platform where I can promote the podcast. Um, so if you do have a podcast, definitely have a blog that goes along with it and and promote the podcast on your blog because um, it's easier. You can search for stuff on Google, right? Like Google has yet to develop some sort of uh, search feature where you, they can search audio files that are out there. But I hear they're working on that. That's sort of yeah, the word on the yeah. street. But they can, but there is search for text. So, um, you know, have a blog with your podcast that's about your podcast, promote your podcast on the blog so people can find that yeah. via Google search or whatever. Yeah. I think people underestimate how many, how many folk actually listen to a podcast through a web page. They find a, a blog post through Google search. They find a player at the top and just have to go, oh, what's that? I press the play, get the audio. Um, so a lot of people miss out that. Uh, make sure to subscribe call to action at the end which is really important so i'm trusting for sure. you're doing that yeah um you talked about uh monetization that's always the next question how are you thinking about that in the podcast um so we we have advertisements um we work with a company called the mid-roll they're a podcasting ad network um great group of people to work with um and it's very streamlined very easy uh they have a platform in the back end where they show they tell me what the advertising are for a particular episode. I read the script or come with a script of my own. And um, that's what we do there. So there's, that's the main thrust of the monetization. But we also uh, every now and then promote our products that we sell in our store um, and send people there. So, but yeah, primarily advertising, but also promoting products that we sell online. Yeah, own stuff. Yeah. Do you do you track that separately at all? I, a lot of people don't, obviously. But do you know the kind of proportion of sales from podcast versus blog? Um, so we, I do a discount code, mm-hmm. um, so I can track that. Mm-hmm. I haven't really, I haven't looked at that honestly in a while. So I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't know uh, how many people have used that code. But again, it's hard to tell, you know, maybe people go to the the store without using the code and buy something. So it'd be hard to tell. Um, But yeah, I mean, the thing with, um, but what I do know about podcasting with the advertising at least is that it is effective. Um, The mid-roll does these surveys every now and then with our readers to see how effective advertising is. And I think it's about 60% of our listeners have bought something um, because of an ad they heard on our podcast. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, that's one of the reasons why you're seeing so much money being poured into podcast advertising these days, because it is effective. Because when you do a podcast ad, ad it is typically the host who is reading it. Um, and it it is, I mean, I, I only promote stuff that I've actually used and say I can get behind this. So, I mean, it often comes off as an endorsement. Um, so I had to get behind it cause I, cause it's so like, it's so personal. I'm, I'm actually reading this and say, Hey guys, check this thing out. So I have to be able to stand behind that with banner advertising online. A lot of that's just algorithmic. It's programmatic. Um, 
So you're going to get stuff on there that's, you know, not relevant to your audience or maybe you're like, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with podcasting, so that's why it's not that effective. But with podcasting, um, because it's so personal, uh, it is definitely effective. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what has anything surprised you've been running it so long now? Has anything surprised you over the years in running your podcast? What's been the, the biggest uh, surprise? Uh, I mean, the biggest surprise uh, just recently this past year is just how big podcasting has gotten. Mm. Um, it seems like everyone is starting a podcast. I remember when I started, you know, the art of manliness back in 2008, 2000, yeah, about 2008, like the thing to have was a blog. Everyone had a blog, right? I'm going to have, a, I'm going to start a blog and, and really niche things. But like now the, the new blog in 2017 is a podcast because, uh, it is so easy to start one. Uh, equipment is cheap. Um, and so instead of starting a blog, people are starting a podcast. I've even had friends who had who never really created content before. They said, I want to start a podcast about this topic I'm interested in. Uh, it could be, I mean, like it, it's really bizarre how niche people get and they're not, they're not even doing it to make money. They're just doing it to have fun. Um, so that's been really surprising for me that I've just noticed in the last year, like just everyone in their, their dog is starting a podcast. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it's a lot harder to be found in the, uh, the iTunes store certainly these days, but it is. That's the yeah. that's the that's the downside. I mean, that's the problem when um, things get democratized, right? When things are easier, there the the level for entry is much lower, so it, anybody can do it. But uh, the competition gets much more fierce. And I've even noticed that on my own end. Um, you know, there was a time last year when we were you know off in the top fifty of on iTunes, mm-hmm. um, but now we're hanging around like one forty, one thirty. Um, because there's just so many new podcasts and you see a network effect taking place, um, with some of these, like particularly with NPR. I mean, NPR is a podcast juggernaut. Um, they're coming out with some great new shows. They're well-produced, they're engaging content and they have these network of podcasts that they can use to promote these new shows. So I'll be listening to, you know, Freakonomics, and I'll hear a promotion for Invisibilia, yeah. or I'll be listening to Invisibilia, and I hear a promotion for Hidden Brain. Yes. Um, so that, that I mean, it, it's impressive what they've done, but it, it definitely makes it harder for podcasters who are just starting out that don't have that established network in place. Yeah, yeah. Have you, has anything in particular stood out to you as a way that your audience has taken a leap along the years? Like has, any particular promotion tactic or any partnership, anything like that worked well for you? Um, just being on other podcasts mm-hmm. seems to help because you're, you're already put, putting yourself out there in front of people who listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've noticed that whenever I, I do interviews on other podcasts, it, it uh, does help, um, our subscri- subscription rates and download rates and things like that. Um, uh, but I mean, the thing I've been uh, really noticing that's really powerful is Instagram, mm-hmm. um, is powerful. Uh, I'm kind of, Facebook used to be our biggest source of traffic, um, over the years, but they've been just clamping down on the organic reach throughout the years. I mean, we have over a million Facebook fans and there was a time when I could publish something on Facebook or share something on Facebook and it would send, you know, 500, 600, sometimes a thousand people to our site. Um, and now it's like, we're lucky, we're lucky if we get like a hundred people. Um, it's just that bad. 
Um, so yeah, Facebook isn't really that great for podcasting for whatever reason, but I've noticed that Instagram as far as social media networks, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of engagement, it definitely sends a lot of people to the podcast. Yeah. We've been doing a lot with Instagram actually. Really it's, it's quite good fun as well compared to a lot of the social networks I find just cause you're, uh, you can be a bit more creative with it, with the imagery and the stories and stuff like that too. So yeah, I think that too. And I also just think the, the, the culture on Instagram is a lot friendlier. Yeah, um, yeah. Facebook, uh, it's just, I mean, it blows my mind because like with Facebook, the whole, you know, there's all, there's been this argument that, oh, you know, if you wouldn't say that if uh, people could see your face and yeah. they knew who you are. But it's like on Facebook, you see people, they have their profile <laughs> picture and there's Bob in Akron, Ohio saying just like the most terrible thing. Um, but with Instagram, I just, I don't really see, I don't get like trollish comments or trollish behavior. It's just very, very supportive, very positive. Um so I think that's interesting. Uh, and that's why I, I enjoy spending my time on Instagram over Facebook. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, the, the other one we've been playing with actually I wanted to ask you about as well. I notice you, because I used to see a lot of um, video from yourselves uh, on YouTube, but there's not been as much in recent years. Have you, has that been a deliberate decision or have you just had to focus on something else? Did you find, did you find it- YouTube worked for you? Uh, yeah, YouTube. Yeah, we haven't done a video in over a year and a half. Um, I was at one time putting out uh, a new video once a week on YouTube. Um, the thing with YouTube, I just got busy with other things. Um, I created, you know, creating videos uh, it takes a lot of time, particularly good videos. Yeah. Like our, our, it takes a lot of time. It's expensive because um, if you don't know how to edit videos well, you have to pay an editor. There's a lot of equipment you have to buy and whatever. So uh, it took a lot of time, cost a lot of money, and um, there just wasn't that much ROI on it as well. Uh, YouTube has really clamped down and made it hard for creators um, to monetize their content on YouTube. So there wasn't much return on investment. I was spending more money and time making videos than I was um, you know, making back. Um, and people said, well, you should just do it for marketing. But what I found with YouTube is that people who do YouTube, like they just do YouTube. Mm-hmm. Right? They're like, that's their thing. They don't, they're not really interested in going anywhere else. Yeah. Um, and also I just got busy with other projects. I wrote a, had a, wrote a, write, I wrote a book last year that just came out, illustrated art of manliness. There's my shameless plug. Check it out. <laughs> Great father's day gift. Um, so I had that and I had some other projects going on and the pod again, I, and I wanted to focus more time on the podcast cause that's where I was getting the most engagement yeah. and I was actually enjoying it. Um, and I had a great return on investment on it. So yeah. haven't done YouTube videos in over a year. Um, probably not going to do regular YouTube videos. I'm not, uh, completely, um, signing off on videos. If there's an opportunity to do one, I'll do it. Um, but not going to do a regular thing. Just going to spend more time on the podcast and other projects. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to focus don't you. <laughs> um, yeah, you do. That's the problem. I feel like a lot of content creators, they try to do everything. Mm-hmm. And when you try to do everything, you do everything poorly. Um, so you have to pick, pick, uh, pick what you want to focus on and just spend all your energy on that, making it the best that you can yeah. make it. Yeah, yeah. We're we're actually running a bit of an experiment at the moment with a new show that we do, whereby I'm recording a podcast um, on video and audio at the same time so that we can try and put out the long form via audio and then cut it up into segments for video. And it's, it's working quite well so far. 
um, certainly you've got to cut it up for YouTube because you've got to go by the, the platform because YouTube only likes short videos really but um, right. it's, it's working okay but I know what you mean it's the video editing just seems to be you know it's not just twice as long as audio it's five six seven times as long to to get done so yeah yeah it takes a long time and also I mean I just I'll admit like I don't enjoy watching videos online yeah, I don't know what it is yeah. like um, I know some people that they just sit there for three to five minutes. I just don't have the patience for it. Like I'd rather just read the content, right? Yeah, Cause I can yeah. get through it really fast. Or what I love about podcasting, um, is that, and I think why it's such, um, why, why I love, I think where it's has so much, why it's so powerful is that podcasts are something that people can listen to when they're away from their computer, yeah. when they're in those dead times, when they're on their commute, when they're in the gym, mm-hmm. when they're um, mowing the yard or working in the, <laughs> the grass or taking a walk. They can, you're with them, right? Like you can't do that with text content. You can't text or you can't read and, and mow the yard at the same time. You can't watch a YouTube video and mow yeah. the yard at the same time. But you can listen to a podcast while you're mowing the yard or running or on a commute. Yeah, and that's why we get the attention. That's why you get half an hour or an hour or even more of people's time. So, yeah. Right, really exactly. Powerful. Great. Okay, well, uh, so let's talk about the app then. So this is a more recent project, isn't it? When was it? Well, t- so it's called ClearCast, clearcast.io. Um, now, what's the uh, what's the idea behind the app? So um, my podcast is interview-based. Um, and the issue that I ran into is... Just poor sound quality when you're doing a remote podcast. Uh, you're doing, you, you typically use Skype, um, and you're lucky if your guest um, has a, a microphone they can plug into their computer. So oftentimes I was calling people uh, via the phone on Skype, and so you get that kind of really poor sound quality that sounds like it's on a phone. Um, so, so there was that. The other issue I had with Skype is every now and then you've probably encountered it. There's like some interference where it sounds like your guest is talking in a tin can and it sounds like a robot and there's a lot of static or sometimes the person will just drop off. And um, because typically the person's not recording on their end, you're just recording everything on your end. Like you can miss gaps of an interview. Right. I'm sure. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. It happened oh, to me yeah. a lot. There'll be instances <laughs> someone's giving an answer and um, I couldn't hear it. And you don't want to say, well, um, hey, you know, that great answer you gave that lasted <laughs> three minutes. I need you to say it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, you know, as as a as a podcast host, I'm very conscientious of people's time. Um, I don't want them like have to just go through, like have to deal with these technical problems yeah. um, and also just disrupts the flow of the conversation. Um, so I, uh, went to my, my brother-in-law and I said, you know, so we, here, the, the solution to this is typically, um, you do double ended recording, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, when you have your guests, you say, Hey, uh, when we start the podcast, can you start recording on your end? And when we're done with the show, um, send that file to me. So if there is any interruptions, like doesn't matter because they've recorded their audio directly on their end and it sounds crystal clear, right? Well, the issue, I've done that before and it, it works great. The issue with it is if you have a guest on your podcast who isn't tech savvy, who doesn't have the equipment for that, um, you know, that's not something you can do. A lot of my guests are like these 60-year-old college professors and asking, asking them, like, I need you asking them to download special software so they can record a Skype conversation. Or even like, hey, I need you to download Skype. Yeah, then I need you yeah. to download this program 
um, which often costs money. So you can record your end of the conversation. And then, oh, yeah, I need you to upload it to Dropbox for me. That's just too much to ask. And I think you would I, I, I feel like I would get a lot of no's to my podcast if that's what I expected my guests to do. So I went to my bro- uh, brother-in-law, who's a uh, programmer, and I said, look, we got, there's got to be something we can do um, you know, via browser where we can just send someone a link um, and we can record directly in the browser. They're into the conversation and it records my end of the conversation. And it doesn't matter if while we're talking there's some sort of interference or some sort of drop. It's still recording on their browser on their end and it uploads it to some server and I can download it. So it just makes it super easy um, for a podcast guest. And he was like, oh, yeah, I think there's something. So we developed this thing called ClearCast. And what's interesting, there's, you know, this was, we started thinking of this idea. It was like 2015. Okay. Yeah. Um, What's been interesting is there's a lot of other similar services that come out at the same time. Um, Zencaster is one. Um, There's another one that I've I've seen. I can't remember the name of it. The usual uh, other one. Yeah. Yeah. Ringer is one. Um, There's another, there's there's one more. So it's definitely, I think, I mean, a lot of people saw the need for this. Um, and so there's all these things. Um, so we, I went ahead and started, we still, st- I, I, we found this out <laughs> like when you're in the middle of developing, yeah, like, oh crap, <laughs> there's other, these other people doing the exact same thing that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've pushed ahead. Um, so it, that's what ClearCast does. You sign up for an account and anytime you have an interview, you schedule an interview with your guest, uh, with sen- ClearCast sends your guest a link. All they have to do is click on the link. It only works in Chrome in Firefox at the moment, because so we use WebRTC. Mm-hmm. Um, Safari doesn't support, or Microsoft, Safari doesn't support WebRTC yet, or okay. video, or audio WebRTC. Um, they click, and uh, I hit record on my end, and it's recording my guest into the conversation, mm-hmm. and uploading it to a server, and it doesn't matter if I can't hear him, or if the sound sounds bad during our interview, because it's recording directly on their end mm-hmm. and I can just download it. And it's, it's saved me so many times. There's been a lot of, I've had a lot of interviews when I've been using it where the, just some, the audio drops off or it just gets really staticky. But after the show's over, I just go to the ClearCast server, download the file and uh, it's crystal clear. And yeah. I can just uh, paste that into my Logic Pro um, sound mixer thing on yeah, yeah. my Mac. Excellent. And, makes has a has a perfect perfectly sounding podcast um one of the things that ours does different from the other services like i know is zencaster um you have to it 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 up it uploads the audio at the very end of the show so Mm -hmm. your guest has to stay on the 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 browser can't close their browser uh, until it's finished uploading ours is constantly uploading while the show is going on so uh, even if you're you close a tab um you're going to be fine because whatever audio was there has already been uploaded to our mm-hmm. to the server. So that's interesting. I was going to ask you what uh, what's unique about it apart uh, outside the competitors, and that's one of the biggest problems I've had with the other services. Certainly, um, you need to tell people, right? Please don't close it down for a few minutes yeah. afterwards, and all this. Uh, so that's great that it uploads as you go. Um, is there anything else that you've got unique in there just now, or anything you've got planned for the future just to uh, to build it out? No, nothing right now. I mean, our, 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 our goal is to make it as simple as possible. Sure, um, yeah. I, I know a lot of the other services have added these really awesome features um, that, are, that are really cool. But we've, our, our, my main focus is like I just want the audio to be good. Yes. So yes, whatever yes. we can do to make the audio good, <laughs> um, we're going to spend our time and resources on that. Yeah. 
Um, so that's been our that's primary focus. Yeah, a lot of time that's the best approach anyway. That's what people want. So um, all the edit boards and stuff like that maybe not so useful. Yeah, I mean, like for me, like a, a, an online JavaScript edit board, I mean, there's only so much you can do with that. I'd rather use a, a program like Logic Pro or GarageBand <laughs> yes. where it's more robust um, to do my editing. Um, but yeah, so that that's it's just, it's just very simple audio first. You're, we're going to give you a clear audio no matter what um, happens. So cool. that's that's clear. How's the what's the model around um, subscription and payment and stuff? Uh, so we have two um, tiers right now. Uh, we have a light, which is $25 a month, and mm-hmm. you get an hour of record time a month. We also, we're going to be inter- rolling out sort of like an introductory thing. So if you want to try it for free, um, you know, to see what it's like, um, you'll get like, I think, 30 minutes. Um, so we'll be able to try That's not available yet, but we're, we're launching that. Because we've had a lot of people like, I want to try this, but like, I don't want to pay $25 without knowing mm-hmm. how it yeah. works. Um, so we'll have that. Then we have a standard, which is just a flat $40 a month and you get 10 hours of record time. Um, and that's, that's what we have right now. And, um, we've got, we've had a few people sign up for it and and have been happy with it. But honestly, yeah, like starting a new, uh, app and and getting it out there to the world, it's hard. (laughs) Um, even, even when you have a large, uh, audience like myself with the art of manliness, um, there's not a lot of people who are interested in, um, you know, you know, paying money for a, a good quality. I mean, like Skype's yeah. free, so yeah. I can understand why people just do that. But if you are a podcaster and you are, you want to set yourself apart. I mean, going back to the idea that podcasting is becoming more competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know in my reviews, like in the early days, one of the biggest complaints was like the, the sound quality is terrible. Um, you need to improve the sound quality or, or bring people into a studio. And it's like, well, I don't have a studio. I, yeah. I work in my closet. That's where I do my podcast recording. Uh, and I can't afford to fly people out to Tulsa, Oklahoma to interview. Um, so remorse, remote's the way it's going to be. But if I want to make it sound like the guest is here right with me, um, ClearCast has, has helped phenomenally with that. And yeah. ever since I started using ClearCast, I've been getting more and more reviews on iTunes saying, Oh man, the sound quality's really improved. It's been great. Um, he's, I love the investment he's put into the, the audio quality. Um, so that that's helped out a lot. Great. So I mean, if you want, if you want to set yourself up apart from the other podcasters, you're doing a remote podcast. Um, focus on sound quality, and I think Clearcast can can help with that. Yeah, for sure. How have you found that? You say it's it's quite hard setting up a piece of a software. Is it just yourself and your? Was it your brother-in-law? Or did you say there? Yeah, it's my yeah. brother-in-law. Yeah. yeah, he's he's the uh, the programmer genius. I, I've been <laughs> focusing myself on the marketing aspect because that's yeah. what I have experience with. Um, but yeah, we we beta tested this thing for a year. I was using it on my own show, um, and yeah, there was instances where things just crashed. While I was in the middle of a, this awesome interview, yeah. but it was worth it because we were able to iron out these kinks and and see what we could do to make it better. Because again. Uh, instead of adding features, like my main priority is let's get the audio right. Like mm-hmm. we have to get that right. It has to be just ironclad right. And so we've done that. Um, but yeah, th- that's that's that pr- that that part is great. Yeah, it's just promoting um, yeah, yeah. the 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 service is is hard because again, like I said, um, you know, Skype is free. <laughs> you can do a remote interview via Skype, and that's a, you know, people are familiar with Skype. And I would, I have, I can understand completely why you do that. But, uh, so you have paying money for a recording service, be like, wow, geez, why would I do that? <laughs> I can do it free. But 
if you care about quality of your audio and your remote interviews, uh, I think it's definitely worth spending money on. Yeah. yeah. Are you planning to build a, a team around this or is it um, sort of small and focused bootstrapped? Yeah, small and focused and bootstrapped. Um, and I don't plan on building a team. I, that's, how we've, that's how I've done all my businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, is very, I mean, the art of manliness, it's mm-hmm. just, uh, me, my wife and our exec our managing editor, uh, in Denver, Colorado, mm-hmm. it's just three of us. And yeah. people are always surprised by that. They think that, you know, we're this giant, you know, huge presence online and we must have this huge staff, but it's not, I mean, it's amazing yeah. with, with online stuff, like how, how streamlined you can be and still have a huge impact. Um, so that's probably how I'll, I'll do ClearCast for a while until yeah. it starts, getting more and more users and that when it we can justify you know hiring people um yeah. we'll, we'll look at that but for now just yeah streamlined yeah yeah so what other do you see any other problems in podcasting right now that either uh, you you could try and fix in the future in the same way or other people should be working on um no i mean i that's the sound quality thing is the big one yeah um, I definitely think there is a market for podcast editors and they're out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I mean, I think, and there, I've seen services where there's sort of an all in one, um, service where, you know, they'll, uh, you can send the files and they'll do all the, the editing, the post edit, the, the post, um, recording production, work, yeah, yeah. post production work. Yeah. That's where I was looking for. Um, but yeah, they're a dime a dozen, but, uh, again, because it's so easy, it's like a market that's easy to enter into. Um, it's very easy to distinguish yourself from the pack by just going above and beyond and making yeah. people's shows sound fantastic. Yeah. Um, so other problems with podcasting? I mean, that's the only thing I can think of yeah. uh, at no, the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I think that one of the biggest things people I see working on just now when I'm talking to them is the uh, listenership, really, the discoverability, making it easier to share shows, that kind of stuff. I think it's, it's interesting that the apps that are coming out around that right now, particularly the tailored ones like um, like 60 db which is saying so you've got 16 minutes free between now and your next meeting uh, what can we find to listen to in that particular time slot or something like that i think there's some there's some interesting stuff going to come out around that area soon i think yeah i think so i mean i, I think uh, podcast observability is the next frontier because right now it's gotten a little bit better but it's still bad yeah um because like i said like it there we we don't have the ability yet to um, like search audio files, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like there's no Google robot that will go in and like listen to a podcast and say, here's what this podcast is about. And, you know, can kind of organize it that way. Like it's, it's all, it depends on the, the podcaster to create tags and yeah. things like that yeah. within, within the feed. But I mean, I've, I've heard, I mean, this is like completely like rumor, but I, I've heard that Google is looking into something like that where they're going to be able to um, actually analyze audio files and uh, create search results based on audio files. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think machine learning and things like that is going to help with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, they're one of their biggest things is video, isn't it? I mean, YouTube is obviously within Google and they it must be to their benefit to be able to index the contents, the inside of a video. And that translates pretty naturally to audio. So, you know, hopefully yeah. that'll be out pretty soon. It, I mean, another area of discoverability is um, like these like uh, AI assistants, right? Alexa or Google, like, um, you know, trying to get your making sure your show is available on those places. So if someone says to their Alexa, hey, Alexa, play the latest episode of the Art of Manliness podcast. Yeah. um, Make sure you're there. Like I know they Alexa uses. um, What's that? Tune in is the one I usually find. Right. Yeah. yeah. Tune in. Yeah. That's the tune in is the one. Yeah. 
but the, uh, you know, you see what Google Home or whatever yes. that Google Assistant is using, and make sure you're there. Someone searches, says, "Hey Google, okay Google, okay Google." Yeah, uh, play the Art of Manners podcast. Uh, that they'll be able to find it. You've just played that on loads of people's shows. Uh, loads of people's. I know they're <laughs> playing that speaker. <laughs> um, no, but it's a really good point. Do you know it's changing my listening behavior a bit just now because I am listening to many more very short podcasts. I'm, I'm deliberately looking out like five, ten minute shows because it means I can just walk into my kitchen in the morning and it takes me five to ten minutes to get my coffee, my breakfast made up, and so I just want to say to Alexa as I walk in, Alexa, play this podcast for that. And so it's just there's a bigger market I think now and will be in future for quite sharp sharp shows which just give a little bit of a content um that fit into you know particular little task times yeah i mean i've i've one thing i've i've thought about doing on my with my own podcast is you know i my my podcast is interview based and they're usually an hour long Mm. um but I've seen people do where they'll have like sort of mini episodes or in between episodes yeah sure um sort of five minutes but I've I've always wondered should I should I start as like a separate podcast for that or should I include it in my my main podcast right if you include in your main podcast you know that people are gonna listen to it right because you already have a large audience built there but it might annoy people it's like "Ah, I don't want to listen to these stupid in between episodes I just want your interviews yeah um so it's like do I start a separate podcast where it's sort of like hey here's a quick hit five minute mm-hmm. podcast from bread. So those are, that's another challenge. I'm sure people have uh, run into, I, I'm still trying to figure that out or whether I, whether I should even do that, if it'd be worth the, uh, the investment. Yeah, certainly. I, th- I think I've, yeah, we've looked at that as well, actually. And I've, I've used some of the, um, we use PowerPress quite a lot to set up a range of different feeds. So you've got your main uh, Blueberry PowerPress feed that's your, you know, your main podcast, but you can actually break them out into categories and have them so that they, they can be separate. We sometimes have that so people can listen to, you know, a season of the podcast and just get that as a, as a sort of discrete season or break out the interviews from the, um, from the lessons based stuff. So it's, I think that can work quite well, but yeah, I mean, you're right. It's kind of the more options you we were talking earlier on about simplicity with your app, the right. more options you offer with uh, listening to your show. Sometimes I think it can put people off, but I've, yeah, yeah, can we've, dilute I've things. experimented. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've thought about the season. I don't do seasons. I've mm-hmm. noticed that other people do seasons. I'm yeah, just like yeah. every week there's going to be two podcasts. It doesn't <laughs> matter. I don't take a break. I'm just going to keep going. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I've maybe I've thought maybe I should do seasons because every now and then I need a break, um, <laughs> sort of refill the batteries. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it works well. There's a lot of benefits to it from just the fact that, yeah, the break's an obvious one. Planning is quite easy because you can kind of, uh, you can plan out five, 10 episodes at once. There's, you know, there's the kind of the compulsion to listen to the next one because they're actually all linked together, say, in a season. But yeah, they, it works both ways. Fine. So. I, I talk about seasons a lot, I'm afraid, so I'm going to, yeah. <laughs> I'm a proponent <laughs> of seasons, but yeah. Um, so let's, uh, yeah, I've, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. So I wanted to finish up a little bit though with um, with the equipment. So how geeky are you about the kit that you use on it or is it not something that you uh, you think about too much? I don't, well, I'm not, I don't think of it too much. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing uh, with it. So sure. I've got, I use a MacBook, I use Logic Pro uh-huh. X, um, so, and then I record, I do my podcast via ClearCast uh-huh. and I'm recording the conversation on Logic Pro X. Yeah. Right. So I'm recording. So like ClearCast, like I'm, I'm, I'm all about like, like, uh, redundancies. Yeah. Um, so, you know, ClearCast is recording my end of the conversation. It's also recording my guests in the conversation, but I'm also recording in Logic Pro X, the conversation we're having right now. Um, so my, 
my 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 track is being recorded directly in the computer too and then when the show's over i'll download the guest file and then switch swap it out with uh the clearcast one on logic pro x does that make sense yeah absolutely yep and and then so there's that for equipment i use a focus right mm-hmm. um what is this thing i don't even know what it's called i had a guy tell me i need to get this is what i need to get scarlet <laughs> yes yeah the scarlet yeah, two, maybe a 2i 2i2 yeah. or yeah. something 2i2 yeah, two I2, yeah. um i it runs through a mixer this is a let me see 1402 VLZ3. Okay. Yep. Sure. Uh, so I got my mic plugged into that and then uh-huh. it, some wires that go from Focusrite, um, from channel. Focusrite goes into the channel and then it, the channels go to my computer. No, so for the microphone, I use a, is it Heal? Heil? Heil, yes. Heil. PR40. PR40. Yeah. Um, so, so what happened? So when I first started using my podcast in 2009, I was using just some USB mic. Um, directly into my computer. And then I went to some, I think it's a podcast answer guy. Cause I was yes, like, I got to yeah, improve yeah. my audio. And so like he had this kit and I was like, I'm going to buy this kit. Yeah. And I was using, um, just like I was recording into like this little recorder on its, on the side. I don't even know, I have it anymore. Let me see. Yeah. Was that the we roll? Yeah, that's the one that Cliff usually recommends. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, that's what R-O-5, it is. The R O five. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Right. Um, but the, the issue I had with that, there'd be some times where like the battery died in the yeah. middle of a podcast or yeah. like the card would get full. So I was like, nah, that's not good. So I got rid of that. And then, um, but the audio is still bad. So I actually called some audio guys here in Tulsa mm-hmm. and I said, look, I need, I need some help. Help me get this, the sound right. So they, they came over to my house, told me to get the focus right, got the focus right. And they set me up, um, got everything set. And, um, that's that's my setup right now. Yeah, so Focusrite, Mixer, Mic, Logic Pro X. And then for post-production, I actually, I don't edit my own podcast. I send it to these audio guys that help me get my setup. It's mm-hmm. um, Creative Audio Lab. Okay. Um, they do uh, they do edit. They primarily, they do um, just audio production. So mm-hmm. they'll do stuff for TV shows. They also create um, music for um, just like background music okay. for different things. Yeah, sure. Um, but they've, they've also, they also edit podcasts and it's all done remotely. Even though they're here in Tulsa, I'll just, we have a Dropbox folder. I'll upload the files. They smooth everything out, balance everything, mm-hmm. take out ums and uhs and sort of mess ups. Great. And then they send the completed file to my Dropbox folder and we upload it. Perfect. I'll look them up because we've, uh, we did a roundup of production services recently because it's something, something that we used to do, but we cut out sort of middle of last year. So, uh, I've not got them on it, the list though, so I'll look them up. It de- I think it's worth the money because I mean if you yeah. don't know what you're doing with audio editing, uh, yeah. it can take a lot, a lot of time. I used to edit my own podcast and it just took forever, and I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, like yeah. I didn't, <laughs> I just okay, maybe this sounds good, I yeah. think. Um, but these guys, they know what they're doing, so they can get it done quick and they do it well. Yes. So definitely, I definitely, if you're concerned about audio quality again, uh, invest in a, a post production editor. Yeah, perfect. Okay, great. No, it's good. It's good to get the uh, the geeky stuff at the end because there's plenty of people that listen to this show that are really interested in the uh, the kit setups and me too. So yeah, good to hear them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I I use my closet. My closet is my recording oh, yeah, studio. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's uh, always a good sound in place with jackets hanging around your head. That's right. That's what I got, <laughs> and it's it's small, um, and it's in a quiet part of the house. Yeah, so, perfect. You don't. That's the thing. Like you don't have to be fancy to have a, a good podcast. No. Um, no, in so, fact, in fact, I often find the people that do try and get fancy sound terrible or never get a show out because uh, the more complex it gets, the more likely it is to break. 
uh, right. or, or even just the setups. Like you talk about uh, getting some audio guys out to set it up, but uh, sometimes people will buy a mixer and that kind of to have a setup like that, and then they don't know how to set it up, so that it actually yeah. sounds alright, and it yeah, it ruins <laughs> <Right>. it <laughs> much right. better with a no, USB mic. Yeah, I've, I've I've had that happen before, and I, yeah, I've actually heard really good podcasts just done with USB mics. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, okay, well, thanks very much for your time, Brett. Um, it's good to hear about uh, the history of the podcast, how you're working on it just now, and the app as well. I mean, Clearcast sounds like um, it's a great tool. Uh, I, lo- I I really like the idea that you're keeping it nice and simple, actually, because um, yep. I've seen many apps um, jump the shark a little bit by uh, by trying to add too many features. Uh, so uh, I'd encourage anyone out there if you're listening if you want to try and improve the quality of your podcast pop over to clearcast.io and uh, check out the app and also you can find Brett at Art of Manliness on Twitter or of course just artofmanliness.com um, and you've got a book out you said you've got their book out recently as well haven't you Brett is there what, what's the title of that on Amazon if, in case anybody wants to look it up yeah, it's the illustrated art of manliness. The illustrated art of manliness. Cool, and of course, uh, I can't go away without recommending one of my one of the articles that I actually used recently on your site, which was uh, I had I had to go up baking some of my own bread based on uh, an article you put out. I uh, can't remember <laughs> when that was. That six months ago, so it was a wee while. Yeah. Um, and it was great. I went through and tried a few of the different recipes, and it was uh, the really yeasty one was tasty. It was great. Yeah. It was one of the best loaves yeah. of bread I've had in a long time. So, uh, yeah, pop over to Art of Manliness, search for bread, and I'm sure you'll find that, no worries. (laughs) Um, Okay, thanks again, Brett, and uh, hopefully uh, see Clearcast out there a whole lot more in the future. Um, And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Colin. Appreciate it. If you want more of everything podcasting, from equipment guides to podcasting courses, head over to thepodcasthost.com. And don't forget to give us some feedback. Leave a comment at podcraft.net or send Colin a tweet at the podcast host. Thanks for listening.